What is up, everybody? It is Zach from at Premier Soccer Investing coming at you with yet another Slap Socks FC YouTube video. Let's get into it. cover uh, transfers, topics, some uh, card data, and my prediction for the title races in each of the top five leagues for this up for this season. Let's get into it. First big thing that happened was obviously Romelu Lukaku's 115 million euro transfer from Inter Milan back to Chelsea where he first started his uh, Premier League playing career. Um, this is a huge transfer. Lukaku, the only thing missing from that Chelsea side that won the Champions League last season was a true goal-scoring number nine because we've all come to discover that Timo Werner just isn't that guy due to his lack of finishing. Lukaku, however, is. We saw it in the Euros. We saw it this past year at Inter Milan, and he's more than just goals. He's so tactically astute now with his runs it's dropping back into play his touch has gone in so much better his link up play is there he's just a spectacular player one of the best number nines in the world and adding him to that Chelsea team is scary so it's going to be really excited to see what exciting to see what he can do this season next the biggest one of the biggest free transfers ever probably the biggest free transfer ever Leo Messi moving to PSG and this has had a knock-on effect of some of the Barcelona youngsters' cards. Particular Pedri is up, as you can see, 22% from June until at, right after the transfer occurred. And then Ansu Fati is up. And this, it makes sense why he's up. People think he's going to take a bigger role in the team. He's due back from his injury soon. But I would just like to put out a word of caution in regards to investing into Fati. He has no meniscus in one of his knees. That's not sustainable towards a long-term career at, at the top level of football. That's just the reality of it. And I would be extremely wary of injury concerns and the amount of risk you're comfortable taking before you are you choose to put money into Fati. Yeah. That doesn't say I don't think he's gonna have a good season or two, but the risk of re-injury is so high. The likelihood he has a long-term career is pretty slim with the horrible injuries he's already faced. So just be cautious when in regards to him. Then Messi's value, people are excited about the transfer. As you can see, his base prism from 2014 is up 32% in the last three months, but you really have seen a huge rise in August, uh, mainly due to that transfer. People think he's going to win the Champions League at PSG. He's probably the favorite to win the Ballon d'Or at this point too. So yeah, these factors are contributing to the rise in his prices at the moment. And another player whose price is on the rise in a large part due to this Messi transfer is killing Mbappe because he's probably going to play out this last year PSG. And then who knows, he could be on the move to Madrid. He might stay. We don't know, but people are betting on the fact now that PSG is going to win the Champions League, and this rise is being reflected, and this optimism is being reflected in the rise in Mbappe's prices. Basically doubled in value in a month. Basically, in large part, due to this 
hype around the team, the squad they built for this season. I mean, this is the guys they brought in this summer, one of the greatest transfer windows ever. You have Akraf Hakimi, one of the best marauding wingbacks in the world. Gigi Wijnaldum, a great center midfielder. Gianluigi Donnarumma, who proved at the Euros that he's probably the best keeper in the world at the moment. Sergio Ramos, one of the greatest defenders ever. And then, of course, the GOAT, Leo Messi. I mean, you can't ask for a better window if you're a PSG fan or an investor in an Mbappe, Messi, any of those type of guys. So it's going to be an exciting season for them. And then moving on to American transfers, uh, Matthew Hoppy, who I have to say was spectacular for the U.S., looked really, really good, bright, attacking, full of energy for the U.S. in the Gold Cup. And is looking to try to earn himself a transfer out of Schalke, who's in the second tier German uh, league and into uh, either a, probably a bottom half Premier League side. And we'll see if he can close this move. It'd be huge for him following Josh Sargent over to England would be good to see. And he's a one to watch over the next couple of years for sure. Very talented young player. And then. A little bit sadder. Uh, one of the goats of U.S. women's soccer, Carly Lloyd, score of one of the most iconic goals just in football history period with her halfway line goal over Japan in the World Cup final, uh, is retiring at the end of the season. She's one of the goats. So, yeah, it's always sad to see one of the goats leave. But 17 days until World Cup qualifying starts for the U.S. I think it's, we're in a really exciting period of time for the U.S. Two trophies. Two final wins over Mexico this summer. Now time to punch our ticket to the World Cup and then see what we can do in 2022. But bright bright future ahead for sure for the U.S. men's national team. Though, however, I do not think World Cup qualifying will truly move the needle much on Americans' prices as the U.S. is hugely expected to make the World Cup. And so when they do win the games they're supposed to win, I don't think it'll have make that big of a difference in prices unless you see guys like Pulis just some scoring hat tricks or stuff like that. We'll have to move the needle. Spectacular performances. Not in, just like a goal and a 2-0 win or whatever won't be enough, I don't think. And really sad news. One of the greatest uh, goal scorers ever, German legend Jared Muller, has passed away uh, a couple of days ago. And it's just always sad to see one of the legends go. He was truly one of the greatest players to ever grace the beautiful game. And yeah, if you haven't read about his career, I'd suggest going to look at it because he truly was an amazing, amazing player. And moving into the results from this past week or so, the Europe's top five leagues have started. PSG off to a comfortable high-scoring win, which is what you can expect from them this year. Cardi in the goals and Bappe in the goals. This is a strong team. Yeah, they're going to be fun to watch. And then Dortmund kicked off the Bundesliga season with a bang led by Erling Holland, who had a brace and a hat-trick of assists. This man is an absolute monster. He's a machine. The superlatives do not run out in regards to him. He's just such a fantastic player. And it was really – what was really special about this game from him wasn't the goals. Holland scores goals. We all know that. He'll get his brace. He'll get his hat-trick. It was the assists and the playmaking and the level of unselfishness that truly shows how well-rounded of a player he's becoming and why he's already one of the best players in the world and why he projects to be one of the best 
one or two guys in the next couple years playing the game and just so much skill, quality, pace, power, finishing. His drive to win is there. Great, great player. Then Chelsea looked very, very strong against opening their season against, boy, sorry, going back to the Dortmund game. And we have Gio Reyna amongst the goals too for Dortmund. He figures to play a huge role for them this year, which is good for all American fans to see. He's taken Sancho's number seven jersey, so he's one to watch out for for sure. And then Chelsea cruising along against Crystal Palace, and they don't even have Lukaku yet with a 3-0 win. Pulisic in the goals. Trevor Chalaba scored two, uh, which is – he's a cool story. He promised his mom he'd make it a couple years ago, and he, he finally has. And – he seems to have Tycho's trust right now, so he could be an interesting rookie to watch out for this season. I assume that we'll see a lot of rookie cards for him in the coming year, and a lot of different products, so he's one to monitor for sure. And then United looked really, really good. 5-1 thrashing of leads. Bruno Fernandes with the hat trick, and then Paul Pogba with four absolutely brilliant assists. Pogba, he's a player who gets a lot of criticism and stuff, but on his day, he's still one of the best player makers in the world, as you can see by his four assists in this game. And then Bruno Fernandes, too, starting off the season really strong for United, which he needed after a pretty horrible summer for Portugal. United's one of the teams that figures to be challenging for the Premier League title this year, so they're going to be an interesting team to watch over the next couple months to see if they can sustain a title charge or not. And then what was probably the game of the weekend, I would say, in the Premier League was Tottenham versus Man City. The massive, massive, massive 1-0 result for us Spurs fans out there against City. And we've had success against City in the past at home. That's our fourth win in a row against them. But this one was different. In the last three, we really were extremely, extremely fortunate, not only to win, but to even escape with points from those games. This game did not feel that way. Yeah, the first 10 minutes were rough for Tottenham, but they grew into the game, had their chances against City, really stymied their attack, played them even. And this was all without Harry Kane. And it really, this game though, really showed why City's been after him. They need an out and out number nine, a striker who can link up the play and then finish in the box, which Jesus and whoever else they have, Fran Torres, they're not, they're good players, but they're not that type of player. But if anything, I think this win strengthens Tottenham's resolve not to sell Kane because they're like, they're like, well, if we could do this without him, imagine if we have him, we might be able to make top four this season. So I think this 1-0 win put the final nail in the coffin with regards to Harry Kane going to Manchester City this summer. And then over to La Liga, Barcelona started off pretty strong. Martin Braithwaite with a brace. PK scored. Roberto scored. Memphis Depay looked really, really good for Barcelona all over the place, playmaking, on the ball, dribbling through people. This Barca team is definitely worse off without Messi, and they're not going to be as good as they were last year, and they weren't great last year. But this is still a team that should be capable of at least making top four in La Liga, if not challenging for the La Liga title. Though it is a rough situation for Barcelona, as this is their club president, Jean Laporta, stating that Barca's debt is 1.35 billion euros 
tremendously in debt. Bartomeo, the previous president, has run this proud historic football club into the ground, which is awful, awful, awful to see. And that's why they had to like Messi go. And Barcelona is not going to have much financial clout for a, a while with the amount of debt they're holding, which is an uh, unusual feeling because normally they are one of the biggest spenders in the transfer market. And then the last big transfer news is there's been rumors the last couple of days that Mbappe's trying to force his way out of PSG, Madrid's trying to get him, and then Madrid's also trying to get Ronaldo or PSG's trying to get Cristiano to replace Mbappe, then this, that, and the other. As you can see from from Fabrizio Romano, the Juve board have always stated that CR7 will stay and be part of the team this season, and they have not received any bid or new proposals that count on him. It's important to remember that Cristiano is out of contract in 20, June 2022. He's not in talks to extend the agreement with Juventus. Man City have not had any reproach for Cristiano this summer. Their main target has been Kane. They're not giving up, but Spurs aren't going to sell. Uh, sorry about that. And then PSG have no intention to sign Ronaldo after the Messi Neal. So no talks or contact ongoing. And PSG are confident they will keep Mbappe this summer. But Madrid will either try to go for him this summer, which is unlikely due to their financial situation, or try to sign him next summer on a free. But yes, basically, Cristiano is going to be staying at Juventus this year, and Mbappe will be staying at PSG. That's the gist of that. And the winner in all this is PSG. If they get him, keep Mbappe, and then they win the Champions League, that would probably make them favorites to be able to re-sign Mbappe for another couple of years. So this is huge news for them that they're going to be keeping him. And if not, I'm sure they'll be able to afford a replacement with the amount of money that team spends. Then uh, going into some data here, just so Jack Grealish obviously completed his 100 million euro bid to City. And his high-end market especially is up, as you can see. The last PSA 10 color blast uh, did 1007 like, yeah, $1,700. And then after the transfer occurred, all the way up to $3,000. So that's a huge 74% increase, up almost $1,300 with that sale. People are excited about what Grealish can do this year for City. And if he can take them to a Champions League final, to uh, another Premier League title. We'll see. But I, obviously, he's one of the most exciting players in the world. And to put him in that team with De Bruyne and Foden, it should be really fun to watch. Another guy I want to talk about real quick, Erling Haaland's base Chrome Bundesliga PSA 10. The last month, it's up only 2% over the whole month. But his market was higher than it cratered at the end of July. And now he's been back on the rise as the season's starting up again. He's putting in the performances. You can see the rise from here after his huge match. And um, yeah, this was a card that peaked at $4,200 and is now a $1,200 card. And I don't know if it will hit that 4200 mark again, but when Champions League starts to roll around, Holland will score goals. And I would expect to see another rise in value for Erling Holland. So now might be a good time to buy for guys like Cam and Bappe. Guys you think will do well in the Champions League, this is probably the time to get in early on them because once the Champions League starts, especially the knockouts, 
that's where we're, we're really going to see the price movement as we saw last spring, particularly from the January through April, May period. We saw guys go on huge runs in value and then decline tremendously once they dropped out of the Champions League. So buying in the, the buildup to the Champions League knockout stages especially is a, probably a good way to go about it. And then now on to the last part of the show, uh, predictions for all the league's title races this season. League one, league one predictions, PSG runaway title favorites, they'll win this league. They have too much talent and ability not to. And then I like Marseille. They looked good in the preseason. You have Conrad De La Fuente, the American there, looking really good, actually. And I think they're going to be that second team in France, though, again. It's going to be a far shout from uh, where PSG is going to be finishing. And then Nice, they had a decent summer, poached uh, Leo's co- coach who won the title last year. So I think they're going to be good. And then Lyon, historically one of the biggest team in France. I think they'll be able to sneak into that last Champions League spot. And moving on to Serie A, this was a pretty rough summer for Italian teams. A lot of pl- teams had to sell off players. The financial situation for that league isn't great. Juventus, however, just completed the signing of Locatelli from Sassuolo, one of the stars of the Euros for Italy, and they return most of the rest of their squad. They're going to have a good team, so I think they're going to take their title back from Inter. I think AC Milan didn't lose too much this summer, so I think they're going to finish second. Atalanta, while they did lose a lot this summer, including Christian Romero to Tottenham, they are one of those teams that with the manager they have, they always seem to win regardless of the players. I think they finished third and keep a Champions League spot for another year. And then in that race for the final Champions League spot between Inter, Roma, and Napoli, I think Inter behind Lauturo Martinez has just enough to sneak into that fourth spot ahead of Jose Mourinho's Roma and Napoli. And then as regards to La Liga, I think Real Madrid is going to win the league this year. I think Benzema, you have Bale, Hazard, signing uh, David Alaba, which I really, really like. Courtois, still one of the best keepers in the world. Yeah, their players are another year older, but they still have a ton of quality, and I think they're going to have enough to win the league this year. And then Sevilla, I think, is going to go second. They had a really good team last year. They're looking like they're able to keep Koundé, their star center back, for another year. And they have a squad that they can be, that they believe can challenge for the league, and they're really making a run at it, especially with the signing of Lamella from Tottenham, amongst others they made this summer. So I think they're going to finish second and really give Real a run for their money. And then Atletico will finish third, and then Barcelona will have just enough, not based really on their own strength, but the lack of strength outside the top four in La Liga to sneak into that fourth spot and hold on to a desperately, desperately needed Champions League spot for another year because they – they're not in Champions League. The amount of money they're going to be losing, they would be in trouble. And then on to the Bundesliga. It's so hard to pick against Bayern. They win at the Bundesliga every year, and I just I think this year will be no different. If you have Lewandowski fit and firing for a whole season, it's tough to bet against them, especially with Kimmich, Goretzka. They have so much in that team already. Neuer, like Sané. They have a squad, a Nabri, too much depth and quality for them not to win. And the Dortmund behind uh, the duo of Holland and Reyna will go second. And if they had a better back line, they'd probably really give um, Bayern a run for their money, but they don't. So they'll finish, I think, a somewhat distant second. And then Leipzig in third, Jesse Marsh over there, the American manager now. They 
Leipzig's always a really good team with the system they play. And then Bayer Leverkusen, I think Florian Wirtz, what could be his last uh, year there, is going to take him back into the Champions League to send him off right. Then last but certainly not least, onto the Premier League, obviously the most popular league in the world. Chelsea with Lukaku, adding Lukaku into a team that won the Champions League the year before, filling the last like real weakness they had in that squad. They're going to win the league, I think. And I think City will finish number two, as they always do very well in Premier League seasons. United, I like the transfers they made. They'll finish third. And I really think this will be a three-horse title race between Chelsea, City, and United. And then, you know, I, I could, I'm very much biased in this. But after that win against City, I have a lot of hope for this Tottenham season. We're going to add Kane into this team. Nuno. It's looking like a good hired manager. I like the transfers we made, and we're still not done yet. I think we finished fourth, in part due to I think Liverpool is really going to fall off this season. I don't think they're going to be good, that good of a team. They didn't make any signings really this summer. They're pretty thin depth-wise in a lot of positions, and it's just that squad's growing a bit stale. They've been together for a long time. And generally you start to see declines in the third, fourth year of a squad being together. And I think they're going to run into those problems this year. And then I think Leicester's going to be up there challenging for the top four again, but just they'll fade. I think like they've kind of have been doing in the last couple of years. And then the last big six team, I don't even know if they really can call themselves a top six team anymore at all is Arsenal. Again, biased here. I think they're going to have another skirmish or brush with a relegation like they did last year, and I think it could be going even deeper into the season than it did the year prior. That's Arteta. He's not a good manager. The squad is awful. There's a lot of apathy there, and just, yeah, I don't think that team's going to be very good at all. And, uh... That's going to do it for this week. As always, like, comment, subscribe. DM me at Premier Soccer Investing. Thanks for watching and peace.